and welcome to the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. I'm your host, Barbara Fisher. Tonight I'm talking with Carly Latham. Latham. <laughs> Latham, see? No, you're good. I told you. <laughs> I'm professional, people. I'm, I really am. Um, Latham. And she goes by the Village Tarot Witch on Instagram. She's a very interesting person, and we had just been talking about what's haunted, houses or people or both. And so why don't you jump in with your haunted house story? My haunted house story. I am really excited for this because I just had a phone call with my realtor. The house in question is for sale at the moment. I'm not going to say where because if you buy that house, like that's on you, buddy. <laughs> you know, that's, <laughs> not, that's not that's not my problem anymore. Um, but I would say that I am someone that has always been sensitive but I lacked the information and the understanding of what was going on. So like I can look back at my life and pinpoint several, several times when I felt like I wasn't alone. Like I had experiences that I couldn't explain, but um, I was raised Mormon. So I was raised in a very black and white, this is what's real, this is what's not religion. And as a result, when I had these experiences, I almost always would chalk them up to anxiety. Like that, that it was the only way that I had to interpret what was going on is I would be alone in a room and be feeling watched and I had no explanation for it other than I must have watched too many horror movies, you know, like I, I am an anxious person that runs in my family. So like that's. That's logical, right? Um, So fast forward to my adult years. I left the Mormon religion, um, which is a whole thing. (laughs) Yeah, that's a a big thing. It's a big thing. Yeah, it's a big thing. It It was hard on my family. It was hard on... A lot of the people that I was friends with, um, it, it's the reason that I'm not active on Facebook is because I, I have a Facebook account, but Facebook is where all of my Mormon people live. And so I just, I I know that strategically going on Facebook is good for me, but I, I avoid it at all costs. <laughs> so um, fair. it is fair. You know, Facebook is kind of an ick place anyways. Um, so I, I left the Mormon religion and within a couple of years, I moved to Florida um, and I had lived in Texas essentially my whole life. So like we're talking born into this religion, left it and then left my home state behind in a very short amount of time. Okay. So I got to Florida and I am fully an atheist at this point. I don't believe in anything. Um, If you know anything about Mormonism, it is that they, they teach that that is the one true church and they actually will actively tell you if this isn't true, nothing is. So like mm. I, I worked through that conditioning. I had that moment where I was like this religion, this story that I've been told my entire life, there's no basis in reality. This isn't real. I don't have to f- stick with this, right? And it was huge for me because I had always been – 
very unhappy within Mormonism. I did not fit in. Like, I, I'm here on this podcast. Do you think that I fit in with yeah. Mormonism? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. I, I, I didn't fit in there. I didn't really fit in super well with my family. Like, I've always been a, a little bit odd, you know? And so I'm moving into this house and almost immediately... I started noticing strange things that like I felt my whole life, but they were really amplified in this house. Like one of the first nights that I was alone, which was very few and far between. um, I, at the time I was a military spouse. I, um, my, my ex was working for SpaceX and so like my entire existence was being a stay-at-home mom to my kids like to be there while he was out taking care of business right um Mm -hmm. other military spouses and even SpaceX wives will say the same thing there's not a lot of flexibility in our lives because we tend to just like revolve around what's happening with our spouses at the time right so Mm -hmm. I didn't get a lot of time to myself I I was alone very rarely and so in the house in Florida I started having these moments where I was alone for the first time and I was getting really it wasn't even like jumpy it was more like it was almost like when you're watching a horror movie and the main character knows that she's being watched and is like looking around and there's like, there's the bad guy lurking around the corner, right? It's that mm-hmm. type of feeling except that I really was alone. And so I'd be looking around my house and being like, I don't understand what the problem is, but it it was intensified to a degree that I had never felt before. So It even got to the point where like I was afraid to be in the main house by myself. So if I was alone, which again, I live to be alone. (laughs) I love, I love my children and I love, I love when the house is to myself. Like I thrive in alone time. I don't like, I don't like it when my house is too loud or too crowded or too busy, Mm -hmm. which is hilarious because I homeschool my kids. So it's always all of the above, right? Um, but I would go into my bedroom and I was scared to the degree that I was locking myself in my bedroom and just like kind of hanging out in there and watching TV in bed until my kids would come home, right? So this is happening. And then meanwhile, I meet these, um, new friends in the neighborhood. I had joined, I, I I homeschool my kids. So before we moved to Florida, I did a lot of research on homeschool groups, on trying to find ways for us to get involved in the community so it wouldn't be as hard of a transition as, you know, it's a pretty big move. So I met these women and they started talking about birth charts and things that I was like, okay, I like... I'm a little bit familiar, but I also don't know because keep in mind, I'm an ex-Mormon. Mormons don't talk about any of those things ever, ever. Ex-Mormon atheist at this point, okay? So I am forever fucking up my feet. Like it is just a rite of passage. I will injure my feet in the most bizarre and ridiculous manners Oh, ever, no. ever. Like, I don't have a single story that I like, that's, that makes sense. No, it's it's the dumbest stories 
that lead me to injuring my feet. So this particular day, I'm walking up the stairs and I stub my big toe. And that's ridiculous. But I remember at the time being like, ow, you know, and then just going about my day. I took the kids swimming. We went for a walk around the neighborhood with our new friends. We're doing this. We're doing that. I put the kids to bed. I, my, um... My ex at the time was working night shifts, so um, he was gone. So I like tucked the kids in, and I am laying in bed, and my foot starts to hurt so bad. Like it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And the longer that I sit there, the worse the pain is becoming. And I'm like, I, you know, this is this is ridiculous. I my fucking clumsy ass, right? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna get some ibuprofen. My bedroom was on the second story. So I opened the door to my bedroom and there was like a little hallway and a landing area. So I take a few steps down the hallway. I'm almost to the landing area and I just get hit by this wall of fear. So I stood there and I was like, I don't know how to process what I'm feeling right now because I was... I, I was aware that I was more afraid than the situation warranted because I'm like looking around and I'm like, I'm alone. I'm alone right now. I put my children to bed like they are in their bedrooms. There is no reason for me to feel this afraid. And so I, I tried to take another step and the fear just intensified to the level mm-hmm. that I was like, I I. I, I don't know what to do here. So I went back into my bedroom and I was like, I, I guess I'm just going to wait this out. Like, I, you know, what do you even do here? So like that night was dramatic. And then um, the next day I had, I had mentioned this to my new friends because it just was such a bewildering experience for me that like I didn't have any way to logically explain what had happened to me. Like, Yes, I I am prone to anxiety. I've always been prone to anxiety, but I've I've never had that experience where I was rooted to the spot, petrified for seemingly no reason, right? Mm-hmm. So and my, you had no none of the anxiety thought loops. None of the anxiety thought loops, right? Oh, that I'm so yeah, glad you so brought that up. It didn't feel right. It didn't feel right, but there also wasn't a reason for it to feel wrong like right you know I I do have anxiety thought loops when I'm alone but they always take a very specific pattern like I could tell you exactly what I worry about when I'm alone and that night none of those things were happening it just was my foot hurt so bad and I was like looking at my empty house and being like I don't understand (laughs) like what is happening to me because there is no reason to feel this way and like there were no traumatic other than the move which you could count as traumatic but like it really wasn't that bad you know what I mean like yeah it it was sad It it was really hard to leave my home it was hard to leave my friends but it wasn't like a traumatic move so I mentioned it to my friends and they started encouraging me to have a psychic that they know come to my house and clear it. And I was really resistant to the idea for a little while because I was like, I, I don't believe in that. <laughs> you know, right. Like, <laughs> that, that's perfectly logical. It, it, you like, know? Yeah. 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 So I was like, I don't know. That seems like a stretch. Like, 
I, I've always been anxious. Like I'm sure, I'm sure that there's some explanation, but one, one of like another night I was laying in my bed and I was like, what if, what if my kids experienced something like that? And I was like, you know, I, I don't know what happened to me. I don't, I can't explain why I felt this level of fear, but I am an adult. What if my kids had that same experience? And then I was like, okay, that was hard for me. I'm in my 30s. I'm 35 now, so I probably was like, I don't know, earlier 30s, right? Like if if it made that level of an impact on me, what would it do to my kids? So right. that was that was the motivating factor to call this woman to my house and that alone was an entire experience because she came over and she's blessing my house with holy water. She's calling Archangel Michael. Like she's saying these prayers, these rites that I am not familiar with because I was raised Mormon and Mormons don't have the archangels. They don't have holy water. They don't do, they don't even really talk about ghosts. So like all of this and I'm just following her through my house and my eyes are like wide as fucking saucers. I'm like, okay, (laughs) okay. But then she sat down with me in my living room and she was like, I would love to do a reading with you. And she pulled out some Oracle cards and mind you, by this point, it's been like maybe a month and a half. Um, It hasn't been a whole lot of time in Florida So the friends who referred this woman don't know all that much about me. And I say that because like I, I, I am like open to a degree, but I'm also very hard to get to know. (laughs) Right. I I am very, I'm like a weird mixture of open and closed off. Like you're going to have a few good conversations with me and then it's just going to be like, what happened? That's weird. And I'm like, I know, sorry. Like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you about that, but. So and I say that not as like a cautionary tale, but to say that this woman sat down in front of me and told me things about myself that like I hadn't even told some of my very closest friends. There was mm-hmm. literally no way that she could have known these things about me. She was telling me deeply personal details about my thoughts and my feelings. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, that's I'm a, sorry. That's a big, <laughs> I've had that happen with with psychics and, yeah. and readers, and it's just like, but but I uh, okay. Uh, wait, but wait, how did how how did you know that about me though? You know, like like <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm still stuck on. I barely admit this to myself. How do you like how what? <laughs> You know, it it was that level of so she stopped mid reading and she reached into her bag and she handed me a deck of her own cards and was like, they're telling me that you're going to need these. These are going to be important for you. Right. And it's like a movie moment when I say it like that. But like if you were there in reality, it was like awkward as shit because if people give me presents, I don't know what to do with them. And so I'm just like. Thank you. It's awkward. It's awkward. You know, it's awkward. And Especially if it's a stranger. Uh, then it's, you then know? it's like a hundred times awkward. Uh, yeah. A, a stranger who's just told you About very, very detailed 
very personal details about your life, right? And then she's just like, here you go. You're going to need these. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what do I even do with these? I don't know what these are. It was a deck of angel cards uh, by Doreen Virtue. Mm -hmm. I don't have them anymore because I gave them to a friend. I don't know if you can tell this about me, but I'm not super religious. <laughs> right. Uh, I used them for a really long time and then I passed them on to one of my best friends um, because they seemed better suited for her. But uh, either way, it, it was a big it was a big turning moment for me. Um, so now I had these cards and I was like, awesome. I don't know how to use these. And so like it really wasn't like, like I wasn't getting like instruction or anything. I just was like, okay, well, I'm going to shuffle these cards and I'm going to pull one and I'm going to see what happens. And then every time I was pulling them, I had a little journal and I was writing on the card and what the guidebook said and how I thought it fit into my life. And I kind of taught myself how to read like that, which then opened the door for um, mediumship and more hauntings. <laughs> So, because yes <laughs> because it they all they all go together but my like looking back on it now like from where I'm sitting now I don't live in Florida anymore but I can look back at that time period of my life and be like yeah all of these things needed to happen for me to be in that exact moment ready to understand and to receive the information that I was going to be given because if that same experience had happened in my house in Texas, even as an ex-Mormon, I would have been a fresh ex-Mormon and been like, no, sorry, I don't believe in that. That's just mm -hmm. like a weird, it's a weird coincidence. And now I believe in all sorts of crazy shit. So <laughs> it's like, <laughs> just like the rest of I us. Know, <laughs> I know. I like to say I'm a skeptical believer now. I'm like Mulder and Scully combined because I, I, yes. I go to the logical side first. And if I can't disprove it, then I move into the, okay, what could it be area? But yeah, um, yeah that house was, it, it, it's the ongoing debate. Is it the person or is it the house? And in my case, I think it's, both. I think I've always been a little bit more aware, a little bit more attuned. I think, I think, I can't tell you for sure, but I think that when I was little, I saw something that scared me enough that I've like shut down that part of my senses because I don't see occasionally I hear but very rarely so like I have a very limited skill set with which I can communicate with the other side and that works for me <laughs> like yeah. you know I'm not yeah. I'm not so it makes it a little bit more frustrating sometimes if I'm trying to figure something out and it's like you know you're talking to someone shouting at you while your eyes are closed and your ears are plugged but mm -hmm. it, it's still it's still satisfying in a way but like I can I can look back at my life and be like, was this were you really afraid or was that potentially a ghost interacting with you and you perceived it as fear because there's no way to explain why. Because if you can't see and you can't hear and you only feel someone in your space, it's like jarring, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's clearly no one and else. And there's clearly there. no one else, right? That's yeah, it's it's a huge it's, one. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uncomfortable. <laughs> so yeah. it's um 
I think I've always been predisposed, but once I moved into the house in Florida and I kind of had that jolt of like waking up and being like, okay, so Mormonism is not real, but apparently ghosts are a thing and like working through all that and opening my mind and kind of stepping into the person that I always was or I was always meant to be in like a weird way, but Mm -hmm. like all kind of figuring it out as I go, right? So the the next thing that happened is I broke my foot. <laughs> oh no. So again, two we got two foot stories in the same in the same sitting. Uh, my origin story involves a lot of feet, which is uncomfortable for all of us. <laughs> um no, but I one of my kids dropped it seriously was like a nickel size amount of milk and I walked past it and I was like I should wipe up that milk and then I got busy doing mom things and and you skidded on it that's exactly what happened I skid on it I um I fractured the bones in the top of my foot and I broke or or, sorry I didn't break I tore the muscles and the ligaments apparently it was very close to like being one of those foot injuries that like you're, you're fucked you know <laughs> it was like <laughs> you're just there, gonna be like that forever yeah and, there, there yeah. was an actual name for it I can't remember what it was called anymore but I my doctor always gave me this pain scale question based in, on pennies and I just like every time I went there I forgot everything that he told me because he was always like since the last time you were here on a scale from one to 100 pennies how many pennies do you have left and I was like I'm bad at answering one to ten pain this is scale. Like a word problem. It what is, is you this? Know what? Like, yeah, like look at me. I'm not made for math. <laughs> um, I'm not a math person, and I would try to describe what I was feeling, and he was like, "No, just answer the question." I was like, "I, I but I don't understand. The, I don't the know question. what you want from me." But so I, I broke my foot. I spent several weeks in a cast. I, it was right before Halloween. And um, so I started watching ghost hunting shows, naturally. <laughs> and because that's what you do when you exactly. break your foot. That's what you do when you break your foot right before Halloween, right? Like I could, yeah. th- it was also during COVID. So this is 2020. I, oh, my foot's, yeah. my foot's in a boot, my right foot. And so you, you can't drive when your right foot's yeah. in a boot. Like there, there just is nothing to do. So I start watching these ghost hunting shows and I was like, why is this explaining my life to me? Like the more I'm watching, the more stories I'm hearing and people describing feeling entities around them. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, no, I'm is, sorry. Is that what it was? Uh, like, <laughs> is that, are you explaining my life to me right now? Like what is even happening? So I, I like, it was the first moment where like I had a psychic come to my house. Like I I, under, I understand how this sounds. I had a psychic come to my house to clear it because it was haunted as shit. And then I'm still like in this moment of like, wait a second, what? And so I, I've, I've learned to read cards by now. I'm reading tarot and oracle like fairly confidently. And I saw... Uh, a paranormal investigator out in Florida post on Instagram, like, I'm going to do this investigation. Here is this tarot spread. If anybody wants to pull any cards ahead of my investigation, like, here it is, you know, here it is, see what you get. And so I was like, well, what, what else do I have to do right now? My foot's broken, you know, and I have a I have a deck that's one of my favorites to use for mediumship. It's called Art History Tarot for Past Lives. It's a deck 
specifically made to help you tune in to your past lives, but it works very well for mediumship. So I had that deck and I was like, sure, I'm going to give it a go. So I I followed the prompts and I I wrote it up. And later I heard back from him and he was like, that actually was, you know, that was, there was some accuracy there. And I was like, sweet. This is something I didn't know that I could do, but now I know this. Um, and it ended up being a really great relationship. I met um, that person. It's Eric Ghost Hunter South ghost hunter of south florida was a part of a or is a part of a paranormal team war party paranormal so i got to know a lot of them i pulled from them ahead of pulled for them ahead of some other investigations and i went out into the field with them a lot and i would pull cards while they were using their devices and that's probably my favorite thing still to this day because um like i miss doing that a lot because it it really is cool to sit there and most of the time if I am pulling cards for a haunting, I I will almost to an obnoxious degree say, I'm not sure about this, but, and, and I, I do that not because I doubt myself, but because the logical part of my brain will not shut itself off until I have given myself permission to say, in, to to process, to verbally process this information that I have no way of knowing, right? So like, if you're with me on an investigation, I will say, like, I will tell you what the cards mean. And then I will say, I'm not sure about this, but this is what I think. And, Mm -hmm. you know, occasionally it rubs people the wrong way, (laughs) which is why I now give my disclaimer that I'm like, it's not that I think I'm like making it up. It's just, I'm hardwired for that black and white thinking. I'm not, mm-hmm. I, I, the gray area doesn't come easily to me. So if I'm stepping into the gray area willingly, I have to give myself that caveat that I could be wrong, right. but, but it was, and still is really rewarding when I am sitting there like sprawled in the fucking dirt sometimes or like I'm usually on the floor. I almost never sit at a table. Why? I don't know. I'm just on the floor. I have cards everywhere and I'm spouting what could be nonsense. Like I could be pulling stories out of my ass. I tell them what I think that my cards are saying and then they play back the EVP recorders and there's some sort of confirmation for the words that I've just said. And that's the moment that I'm like, this though this yeah i love this (laughs) yeah i like the idea that you're sprawling on the floor too i'm (laughs) I'm, i I still read sprawled so you know that's that's how i've been doing my research for my book i'm sprawled with sprawled on the floor all around me so yeah i feel like if you are a neurodivergent person or just like any kind of cool person, you're going to sprawl yourself on the floor because things make more sense on the floor. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Just, Plus it's easier for the cats and dogs it's to help. It's easier and, for yeah. the cats, for the dogs. You can make little piles all around yourself, like a fortress of information. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yes. Yeah. This book, that book, the other book, the notes, yep. the things, the, the notepads, hey, give me my pen back. Because that's usually a, a cat or a dog. Exactly. Or a dog who likes to eat highlighters, you know. 
It's wild. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So you so you went on these these uh, ghost investigations, and you were finding out information from those areas from the from the houses. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I was getting information from the houses, and I feel like every investigation that I went on, or every opportunity that I had to pull, kind of just helped me refine this skill set um and what ended up happening is that when things would happen in my own house um which did start to escalate the more aware I was the more Mm -hmm. activity was going on around me and that does bring into question again it's another bit of a gray area from is it the person is it the house is it the situation is it some combination of all of the three But along the lines, um, I ended up doing research with um, some friends about my house, the property itself. And it turns out that it um, was right along the trail of um, a battle trail (laughs) where soldiers or civilians, it really was like it. I had other people describe the energy of my house being like a railroad station where it was like it wasn't the same set of spirits. It was people coming and going, which matched up with what I was feeling because it was not the same energy every night. It was like some days I would wake up with a woman, some days this, some days that. It just was like an unsettling knowing that you weren't alone. So I learned to ask what was happening because – understanding what's happening even if I can't see it removes an element of fear from the table for me so like having this experience like most of my experiences involve me sleeping so like um I I do have ADHD so like during the day I have ADHD and I have three kids that I homeschool so like you know getting getting, you know getting my attention during the day is not like the easiest thing um not to mention like the million and one projects that I'm constantly doing so like when I'm awake I'm I'm on the go I'm distracted I'm not easy to like hey I'd like a word with you, right? So, but at night, yeah. all my guards drop and that would be the opportunity that the ghosts would have to like step up and be like, hey, I was just wondering if maybe you wanted to hear this terribly sad story about me. And <laughs> what I started doing is um, I would wake up in the moment. It was always scary because you don't ever want to wake up feeling like somebody's standing by your bed, right? And that's that's the way it feels to me is like an actual living person is by my bed. It's it's the moment where Michael Meyer, you open your eyes and Michael Myers is standing over you, right? Um, and I learned to calm myself down. Like I would have a mental checklist and be like, the doors are locked. The alarm's turned on. My dog's not barking. My kids aren't awake. Like there's nobody here. Right. And then the next morning I would ask my cards about it and be like, well, who was this person? And I would Mm -hmm. get information about who they were. And then I would say, okay, well, what did they want? Like what, what was so important? Like what did they want to tell me? And I learned to start getting bits and pieces of these spirits lives and at the time what I was doing is I would go onto my Instagram and I would do little installments of this was my experience 
this is the spirit. Here's a follow-up reading because I'm still thinking about the spirit. Um, I haven't done anything like that in a while, but I just, I haven't really had the opportunity for a hot minute here. Um, but it, it, it was a moment of like, I had the awareness that ghosts are real. It, whatever, whatever you want to call a ghost, whatever you think that a ghost is, the energetic imprint of another human is real. And then I had the process of learning what works for me to communicate because I have, I have done some of the like traditional mediumship classes and they just, my brain doesn't process information the same way that most of it's being taught. And it could be the way that my brain chemistry works. It could be a lot of different factors and it could also just be that the way that I learned was through feeling and imagery. And that is the way that my mediumship works. So I, I need both of them to give you like a clear description of what I think is happening. I'm not right. always entirely accurate, like, but I, I am accurate to a point. <laughs> that's, the, you know, that's the best you can ask. Really, that nobody's is the best. perfectly accurate in yeah. any of this. Yeah, well, you know, that's it's it's just how that works. It is, yeah, it's how it works. Um, so yeah, I I had a lot a lot of experiences in Florida. I actually kind of miss it, especially now that we're we're in October right now when we're recording, and like you know, I, there definitely is parts of me that are like, I miss getting haunted, you know. <laughs> Yeah. But so now I am um I am living with my parents now. Um I am in the process. I I'm separated now. So I you know that process is is happening. So I I'm in a very different space now and there just isn't a lot of opportunity for that type of thing. There's not like I know there's haunted stuff around where I live, but I'm just like it's different now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you've written a book. I have what written did you write a book. About? So um, right now, I have two different books out. I have a novel out. It is called A Collection of Eyes, and my book is about a woman who is stalked by a serial killer. <laughs> um, oh, hey, that's uplifting. That's uplifting. I like that. It's so fun. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so this book started as a birthday present for my best friend. Um, her name is Joy. If you are on Instagram, you can find her at the wild underscore her historian, like historian, but her. Um, and she lives in England. So I... I wanted to do something for her birthday, but um, I don't remember what was happening, but I couldn't send her a box at the time. So I was like, I'm going to write her something. And I wrote her this short story. And if you have ever met Joy, she is fierce and just so brave. And she has done so much to help me. Um before and after I got my PTSD diagnosis, she was helping me sort through the mess that was my life, right? Like she was, right. she, she was one of the people that, not the only person, but she was one of the people there that saw 
everything that I was up against and was like, I'm here and I'm going to help you through this. And so I based the character of my story on the on Joy as this like tough final girl. She's been through it. She's come out the other side stronger, right? So it started as this short story and she was facing down the man who um, kidnaps her, basically. And you know that in the first few paragraphs, so that's not a spoiler. She survives their initial encounter. And um, what I did is I fell in love with the character. I fell in love with the storyline. And Joy was like, I love this so much. It should be a full book. And I was like, okay, how do I, like, I'm already done. What do I do from here? Um, So what I did is I took that as an opportunity to explore explaining the way that PTSD feels to me. So my descriptions in the book will not be the way experiencing PTSD feels to everyone. But at the time, I was having a really hard time with nightmares. Um, A lot of people with PTSD experience. And if you've never had a, I I usually refer to them as trauma dreams. So if you've never had Mm -hmm. a trauma dream, it's not like a regular nightmare. It feels more real than that it feels like the biggest reference that people make are when you're a soldier and it feels like you're back in battle but there's not a lot of references for the people who were not in battle right Mm -hmm. so my story nothing nothing like what's in my book happened to me like it it's it's not that at all it just was that I was looking for a way to express the feelings that were drowning me at the time. And I wanted to do it in a way that I didn't have to talk about what happened to me because I, I, I just still don't, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> like, if, I, you if know, you've talked about it with your, with your therapist. That's exactly. All if you, if you were, yeah, exactly. You to tell the world. If you're talking about it in therapy, if you're talking about it and you're safe with your safe people and you're still struggling, I I turned to writing and so I had this initial idea and then I was like what would it be like to watch a like we already know she survived she is a final girl from the beginning pages but what's it like after that and that's what I went in with the the rest of the book to explore was was the after effect and of course there's twists and turns and there's ghosts and there's spice because that's just who I am as a person but right the the intent there was to showcase the resiliency of human of being a human and experiencing something that shatters your idea and your expectation of the world and then learning how to put yourself back together because that's the part that there's not a lot of people who are like guess what your world just got rocked <laughs> like you know it's like it's either the before or the well after that we get. It's not the people who are sitting in the middle of the mess and being like, I just, I don't know how to feel better. I don't want to feel like this. I miss who I was before, but I don't know how to feel better. And yeah, I, like, I am better now. I'm like, am I, am I healed? No, but like, I'm in a better place than I was now when I wrote it. But the act of writing it really was therapeutic for me because 
I got to give all of my symptoms to a fictional character and but it the act of doing that really allowed me to look at it and see like cuz you know there are days when you wake up and you're like I should I shouldn't still be struggling with this or like you know it it's the thoughts that once you have a mental illness they don't they get better but they don't necessarily go away that's like you should be over mm-hmm. this by now. You're being over dramatic. You're you're imagining mm-hmm. how bad this was. It's those thoughts like that that when they weren't mine anymore and when they belonged to a fictional character, I was able to look at it and be like, God damn, look at me go. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. I yeah. you know what? I didn't face a serial killer, but I'm doing pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah. 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 So um that is my that is my first novel. I I, I don't write a lot of happy things. <laughs> I will say. Oh, but why? You have PTSD. <laughs> but why? But why? Yeah. You have PTSD. Yeah. There's always an element of happiness to it, but I whether it's ghosts or whether it's my writing, I I appreciate the happy moments and I think it's hard for some people who aren't curious about humanity or like human nature in the way that I am because it's like I think that all emotions are meant to be felt. I think that the good emotions and the bad emotions and I think that sometimes the delicate weaving of the two are what it means to be human. It can't all be good and it can't all be bad because then what's left if everything is good then what makes anything special you know it's Mm -hmm. like do I want to have PTSD and feel the lowest of the lows as often as I do no not at all you know but also I can recognize that when I'm having a bad day it makes me appreciate the good days that much more because I do mm-hmm. know, I do know what it's like to feel those depths. And I try to write from that perspective too, and that I don't use a ton of descriptive language. I'm trying to get a little bit better at that, but I write in a way that lets you imagine how it feels to be in that situation. So if you read my book, it's scary because you feel like you are having the emotions that she is feeling. It's not that my wording is super scary. It's just it's you're you're putting yourself in somebody else's shoes for a while, which is why I mm-hmm. love books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a safe way to learn things. It's a safe way yes. to experience things that are outside of your experience. Exactly. And if you have actual empathy when you read you can't help but get into the shoes of whichever character is, right. is being written about. Yeah. You know, and you experience with them their life and the way that they cope with awful shit. Yeah. You know, just just terrible. I mean, it, you know, one of the things about being an author is is you, you come up with these characters and you love them. But then you put them through awful, terrible things. Oh, my God. The worst things. Be- yeah. <laughs> because because if you don't, who's going to read it? Right. The, the point is to, is to see what people endure and then come back from. Right. Or, yes. Or they, they surpass 
yes. what they, they beat, are faced with. Yeah, they, they beat the odds and it makes you feel like you can beat the odds too. And that's yes. like that that's what literature, that's what stories do for us, is that it gives us even if it's like a fucked up kind of role model, it's still someone to be like, you know what? If they can survive this, I can fucking get through this. You know? It yeah. even like yeah. it doesn't matter that it's not real. And that that is something that my friend Joy that my my book is based off of, she would tell me a lot when I was still in Florida was like, pick a fictional character. It doesn't have to be a perfect character. It just needs to be someone that you look up to, someone that you can find some hope in, right? And this was before I started writing, but for me, it was Sherlock Holmes, Robert Downey Jr., Sherlock Holmes, and um, P.T. Barnum from The Greatest Showman in the movie, not in real life, because he was a piece of shit in real life, let me just say. Oh, he was terrible. <laughs> He's a terrible, terrible. He was kind of terrible in the movie too, but like in the movie, not as terrible. The, not as terrible, but the aspect of the movie that got me was that he he thinks of the impossible things, and he doesn't let logic tell him why it won't work. And so by the time right. I was already practicing this exercise, I already had PTSD. I didn't have the diagnosis yet, but I was unwell. I was not a healthy person, right? And so. I was being told to look to fictional characters and that is something that I've done my whole life. I've always read read stories and I've immersed myself in these fictional worlds and now I've just learned to adapt what's in my mind onto pages. So like odds are you won't read the happiest stories from me. Like they're 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 going to end well and I build in happiness but they're that's it's not the point of my writing because it's not the point of my existence (laughs) like I I I don't like I I love I love rom-coms I love happily ever afters it's just I am more interested the per in the people who have been through the trenches so to speak and have come out and be like you know what you're a little bit weird and you're a little bit fucked but you're my kind of people so come on let's go you know it's yeah yeah it's it's that and recently um it's been allowing me to explore hauntings and the paranormal in a new way as well because i i had a lot of freedom to explore that when i was in florida um I had I had people around me that I could go out and explore with, but I also like I have a hard time going new places by myself. And it's not a PTSD thing. That's the way that I've always been. I find new places really really intimidating and really scary. And I love experiencing new things and I love going new places, but I have a really hard time getting there myself so like if I was like I've never been to this place before and I want to go it will take me a long time to work up to doing it right right but in the aftermath of having PTSD sometimes that's a lot worse and sometimes it's hard for me to go to the grocery store you know or to do things that Mm -hmm. are easy for other people to do because like I am from Texas. I'm a I'm a Texan. Texans love 
our grocery store called H-E-B. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. Texans, all Texans love H-E-B. H-E-B is my favorite place. I go to H-E-B sometimes not even to buy stuff just because I like H-E-B, right? It's like, I don't have a lot of places here and H-E-B is my place. Um, But there have been times when going to the grocery store was more than I could handle. I have had, recently I had a panic attack in Target and I was feeling fine when I got there, but everything was loud and there was just too much happening at once. And I like, I left the store. I paid for my stuff, but I didn't get half of it. And it's, it's those moments where I'm like, I, I, I want to explore more. I want to explore the paranormal more, but how do you do that when you're afraid to leave your house? <laughs> Enter fiction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. you know, writing has done a lot for me. Um, on an alternate side of that, I, I have been exploring more about the paranormal through writing because, uh, as I mentioned before, I live with my parents who are lovely, very supportive in taking me and my kids and my pets into their house. But it's not like what I do isn't necessarily like, like we don't talk about it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's just like, in, in my current situation, it's easier for me to put those things into a world of fiction than it is to be like, this is what I do because I could be like, look, I've written a book. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. writing has given me the keys to freedom in a way that I didn't expect and I wasn't anticipating. Like it wasn't necessarily on my bingo card for my life to like end up where I am. Um, I would have liked to avoid the severe mental damage, but I also can look at the trajectory that my life has taken and the lessons that I've learned talking to ghosts and investigating and all the different things that I've learned how to do. And from where I'm at now, I can also see that like, is it unfortunate? Yes. I can, I can give myself that sympathy that, yeah, it it sucks to be where I am, but also I didn't lose any of those things. I'm just translating them in a different way than I used to. So like, it's different. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm proud of it. You know, I like where I'm at. (laughs) Yeah. Now, do you do um, readings from a distance still? I mean, do you pull cards, you know, for other people or Mm -hmm. other investigators? I will if you... I do for investigators and I will for people um, I don't charge, (laughs) which is like counterproductive. But um, I have had a really big problem with scam accounts on my page. Um, So Mm. it just is not something that like with with what was happening in my personal life, it wasn't sustainable for me to try to be like no that's not me that's not me that's not me you should buy this from me but this isn't me you know it's like I I I removed that from the table for my own mental health where like the the scam accounts that I was facing like it got real bad for a while but the scam accounts that I was dealing with the worst of it coincided at a time when my personal life was also at 
very rocky points. So for me, it's not that the scam accounts themselves are this bad. It's just that it puts my mind into a place where things were that bad. So I don't do personal readings. Um, I will like if you message me and you're like, hey, can you help me with this? I will. I don't charge for them. Uh, and that way I can keep up going it's just not me. Just don't worry about it because it's not me. Um, and if you right. are investigating and you um, would like help, I do investigate from a distance. I love to do that. I'm happy to do that literally anytime. Um, I work with a couple of friends. Um, Scotty, the medium, he's on TikTok. And Melissa, the ghost doctor, who's on Instagram and on TikTok. And we do most of our work from a distance too. So um hopefully more in the future but yeah that's um you really just have to like if you message me I'm pretty good at responding to my messages I don't catch all of them but I'm pretty good at responding to my messages and that is something that I love to do and I really miss doing especially where I'm at right now it's just like it's that like I can't advertise it too much because <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mom, that's just my friend, the witch. You and know, we're going to go talk to the ghost. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know that graveyard down the you road? You know that oh, graveyard. We're gonna go visit. Yeah. <laughs> There's <Yeah>. ghosts waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I told him I'd be there by midnight. So. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to sound great. Yeah. So, you know, but that is, that is how to do it. If you, um, I, I will add the, the extra warning that I normally give people in that my the way that the way that I read tarot is more for what's going on with you mentally emotionally I don't mm -hmm. do fortune telling so if you come to me and ask if you will ever find love or are you going to get this job can I ask that question in my cards yes will the answer be what you want Probably not. <laughs> like, so yeah, I understand. You that. know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. I'll do my best to give you the correct answer. But if you come to me asking about your love life, I'm probably gonna tell you why you think you're not worthy of being loved. <laughs> if I'm being, if I'm being perfectly honest, like that's what it's gonna come down to. It's not that you haven't met the right person. It's that you feel like you don't deserve the right person. <laughs> so yeah, and that well but that's true and that's yeah. actually a useful answer it is a useful answer it, but people don't always want the useful people answer. people don't want the useful answer people want the the live tiktok readings that or the the videos that say he left you and he's gonna come back and i don't do that kind of reading yeah, yeah i don't do that either <laughs> no. I, yeah i know yeah yeah So when you when you think about tarot cards, mm -hmm. how much of it did you learn from traditional tarot sources like books? Um, not necessarily the little tiny booklet that they give you, which is yeah, whatever it is. It is what it is. Let's just. Put I love it that those. Way. Well, to an, <laughs> yeah. to an extent, to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but how did did you learn it from books or how did what is your method? So I I did learn it from books. I um I think actually I'm pretty sure that this is my first tarot deck right here. It's just like a basic 
yeah. right or white. So I, I had the Oracle cards first. So I, the Angel deck by Doreen Virtue. And I started by shuffling and asking, what do I need to know today? And I would just pull one card. And then once I was feeling like I was understanding the one card, I moved on. So now my daily pulls are wild. I never know how many cards are going to come out. Like I, I still do the same thing. I'm like, what do I need to know today? And I, you know, I pull and however many cards comes out, comes out. Um, but I used uh, Biddy Tarot. Is, it's a big account, but I got her guidebook. And I actually have it on my little trunk over here. The pages are literally falling out of of the book. So I I, I use a, a blend of intuition and the basic card meaning in that I enjoy referencing what the card actually means. I like right. I like getting decks made by artists and I like reading their guidebooks because sometimes what they mm-hmm. mean for the card is different than the traditional Very card. Than the traditional. Yes. Two of my favorite examples of this are the I think it's called the Hurt Tarot. It's really beautiful. I'll send you a picture after this. And then the Horror Tarot, which I've been using a lot recently. And the meanings are different. The wording is different and it changes the the traditional meaning. Mm-hmm. So I will when I was first learning how like I would pull cards and I would look up the cards meanings and I would get my journal and I would write the card. I would write the keywords or whatever I was taking away from the meaning and then I would write how it applied to me. So, or how I saw it applying to me in my life in that moment. So, um those are all packed, but those exist somewhere. There's just journals of me being like, I pulled the three of swords today, you know, whatever. Um, and so now I read tarot in a combination of the two because I don't mm-hmm. need the guidebook. I like the guidebook because sometimes little phrases will pop out at me. So like I enjoy I enjoy it when that happens because I'm like, oh, I didn't think about that. Way to go, you know. But it's it's a blend of both for me. And I know people that will look more at the imagery or will that stick to the the core energy of the card or this or that. But I think that that's what makes reading tarot so fun is that it is subjective. There's no right or wrong way. Mm-hmm. And my method isn't necessarily right it isn't necessarily wrong either it's a little it's a hodgepodge of all sorts of different things and it it looks different from day to day sometimes I'll pull my cards out and be like oh my god okay I get it and I'll put them away and then the next day (laughs) I'll do the exact same thing and I'll be like oh I should look that card up and I'll I'll look it up and I'll have a whole detailed you know journal like I used to do it just it just kind of depends but I that is one thing that when I was learning to read tarot, I also was in a lot of Facebook groups, which I I said already, I'm not on Facebook a ton. Like I have a Facebook page. I'm just not super active on there. But in the Facebook groups, they would always be like, if you're not reading on intuition, then you're not a real reader. And so, uh, and I'd be like, okay, I guess I'm not a real reader then, <laughs> you know? Okay. But I'm over here with my guidebooks being like, fuck yeah, yeah. Yeah, look at look at that ten of cups. I didn't see that one coming. You know, it's like, yeah. it's it's um, 
I, I just think that it's such a personal tool and it's like I love how mainstream and how popular tarot has gotten because like I can go to Barnes and Noble and buy a new tarot deck if I really yeah. want to. Like they're there. Even in my like small Texas town, there are there's a spirituality section. I love yeah. how accessible it is. But I also don't love that there are so many people out there that are like, this is the way to read tarot or like And this is the only and way. And this is the only way. And again, you can follow my life trail back and be like, she just doesn't like to be told what to do because of the way she grew up. And that's absolutely true. I don't like it. <laughs> like <laughs> if you tell me what to believe, I will immediately say, no, thank you. I don't like that. <laughs> and it, it applies to my spiritual practice too. And that I have, I used to share a lot more of my practice on my page. If you go back far enough, it was only tarot. It was spell candles. It was bind runes. It was things like that. And I really pulled a lot away from that, partially because what was happening in my personal life mixed with the scam accounts just made it to where I was like, this is important to me. This is important enough to me that I'm not going to share this all of the time and it yeah it's been hard finding like my footing on like I have this public platform the fuck am I going to do with it if I'm no longer the village tarot witch you know like that name is still there but I go by carly.latham now on Instagram and it's I I miss the days when I could just be like my full witchy self but also I appreciate that now it is more private to me that those moments aren't I'm I never I'm not one to manufacture the moment so if I've posted about it or if I'm talking about it it's because it happened or it's because it's on my mind it's not just like I have to do something today you know but right I do feel like my relationship with spirituality and with the tools that I prefer were damaged along the way. I mean, there's not a lot that PTSD doesn't affect once you've been diagnosed with that. And not even just that, but I could say mental health in general. It's it's not like... I wanted that to be like the pocket that wasn't touched and it could just be like this happy, safe space. But that... I don't want to use the word tainted, but that's the way it feels to me, like that my spiritual practice was tainted by the events that went on in my life. And so like now again, I, I'm leaning into the writing, but behind the scenes, I'm also working on rebuilding my personal relationship and my personal practice because it got derailed so much in the process that like right. it's... It, it's a weird one. <laughs> it's a weird one to talk to people about because that that was the essence of my page for so long. And I've kind of been like drifting in the wind for a long, for a long time uh, for like the past year or so. I've been trying to find like where. What do I do? What do I do right. with this platform that I've built with these things that I'm so passionate about? And the answer for me has been writing. It doesn't mean that it's going away. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to share these things about my life. It's just I've learned new tools to channel that information. So much in the way that like if you 
had been following me for any amount of time and you read my captions, they're usually fairly deep on whatever is on my mind at the time. You know, I, I kind of, I, I go all in for it and you'll find that in my writing too, is that I, I don't write happy things and it's not that I'm not a happy person. It's just that there's so much to explore. If you give yourself permission to see what's hidden just beyond the veil, or if you turn the lights off and you get comfortable with the monsters that are in the dark, you know, there's, there's a whole world out there and not all of it is scary. It's just that we're trained to believe that these things are bad. So I am retraining myself to have hope and to believe in magic and to see the unknown possibilities. It's just the things that I love were tangled up in my mental illness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. I understand that a lot. Yeah. I was, I was involved in a court case and, you know, I got pointed at by a lawyer who said she's a witch she's a witch mm-hmm. even her own mother doesn't talk to her yep you know that'll that'll harden you yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and, but then you know after that was over I still you know had PTSD and bad dreams about it but you know I was like well I was outed yeah so I might as well might as well do something with it might and, as well yeah, yeah. so I do understand, though, it does feel like what you were doing to help people is then held against you. Yeah. And that's just, that's just not a good feeling at all. And it, it, yeah. it does make it feel tainted. It, it does. does. Yeah. I was having that conversation with a friend of mine because it's not like, it's not like I'm not proud of what I've accomplished and it's not like I don't recognize that. Like I, I, I love what I do. I show up every day, almost every day because I love what I do. It's just like there is an element of I like I there's no going backwards. I think that I think that's what it is, is that like I desperately I want to go back in time. I want to be in the space that I was in before all of these things happened where it just was like, this is, you know, this is what I'm sharing. This is what I'm good at. I'm going ghost hunting. I'm doing all those things. Like that is where I want to be, but that's not where I am. And the things that have happened in between have just made it like, it does, it feels tainted. It feels like, it feels like I am reaching for a person's dreams who doesn't exist anymore. And you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it is a past version of me. So we were talking about me haunting my own house. I forgot we were going to talk about this, but this is the perfect but, but transition. It's, it's yeah. It's a, this it's is going it, in a circle. It is <laughs> going in a circle. This is the perfect transition because my when I lived in Florida, it was the first time that I had the space and the freedom to really explore who I am without outside eyes looking in on me, without my family being like, you know, you're pretty fucking weird or like, you know, they would never yeah. say that to my face, but they say it with their eyes. So message received, <laughs> you know, like yeah. it, it, it's things like that where like 
it was really hard for me to move there because I I lived in Texas my whole life. I never lived more than a car rides away from my family. But once I was removed from that situation, I had this enormous experience and I was able to grow so much, right? So a core part of my identity was built in my haunted house in Florida, right? So I... I made the decision to move back in with my parents Um, and it was not an easy decision. It was a decision that I made knowing that I I would be breaking my own heart in some ways and I did. (laughs) I, I cried and I mourned my life in Florida for months. I'm actually like right about my one year anniversary of moving here and I still feel like I am going through the grief process. Like I had I had a really good life in Florida. I had a really good friends, but it wasn't healthy and I needed help to regain my health. And there was a bunch of other big factors at play, but I made the choice to move back in with my parents. And recently Um, My house in Florida is on the market now. Um, I signed the paperwork to put it up and I was going through those emotions because um, while I had a lot of time to discover myself and who I am, I also had some of the worst experiences of my life in that house. So it was, it, it was both all at once. And so when my house went on the market, it's something that I have been waiting for for a very long time. I've known that this was coming. It's, you know, there were there was some logistics that needed to be worked out before it could get put on the market. And so once it once it went on, it was like I had a few days where I felt like I, I felt the depths of being like, this is my home though. <laughs> like this yeah. is this is my home. I live with my parents. I can't even like I can't read cards outside of my room. Like I, I felt I I felt trapped and I felt limited in a way that I don't like feeling because I, I anybody who reads tarot, I will say that it's more of like an eight of swords energy where you're feeling like you're trapped and like there's no way out. There is a way out. It's just, it, it doesn't feel that way. And so yeah. I, I was stuck in that moment where I was like, I, I really don't want to live here. I'm, I'm grateful that I have the safe space to come to and that I was able to recuperate here, but I don't want to live here. I miss my life. I miss my friends and I cried so much <laughs> that day. Yeah. And it wasn't that exact day, but it was it was around then. And I had this dream. And in my dream, my house was empty like it is right now. It wasn't like when I lived there and it had furniture and it had my decorations and it had um I used to paint the walls of that house. I would just like, sometimes I was stressed, sometimes I was bored, but I I painted like a flower mural on a wall and I had a chalkboard wall and I had a wall that was covered in yellow polka dots and it, it had my personality. It had so much of my love poured into that house. And so in my dream, I was walking through my house and it was empty 
and I could see that they had painted the walls and I remember touching the walls and feeling the texture of, you know, the whatever wall texture they put on and the dining room was one of my favorite rooms in that house. It's where I filmed a lot of the content for my Instagram page. Um, it was like, there was these shelves built and I had all my oddities on there. And it just was a room that I loved. The kids didn't really use that room. I loved the dining room. We didn't eat there. It just was a spot for me to like sit and do whatever. Excuse me, do whatever. Um, but uh, there was a spot on the ceiling where when I painted that wall, I got dark blue on the ceiling and I never fixed it because that's my toxic trait. I don't know if like if you live with me, (laughs) I am a pain in the ass. I will paint stuff and then I will leave it half finished for months until I finish it. (laughs) Or I will have these like, it's not really manic, but for lack of a better word, I call it like manic when I'm painting flower murals on the walls, you know, and I do things like get paint on the ceiling and I just never go back and fix it. And I noticed in my dream that that spot had been painted over and it made me so sad (laughs) because it was, I was like, I was like, it looks really nice. Uh, They painted, that room is a dark gray now. So they, they repainted it, but the house is still empty, but it was this moment where I, I do a lot of dream traveling, which we haven't gotten into. So that sounds like kind of out of left field I'm sure your listeners will be used to it anyways though but I do a lot of dream traveling and those dreams feel different it's not like your normal dream because you don't have that level of awareness like I was actively processing my emotions while I was standing in my house in Florida and it was my house no one else was living in there it wasn't like a weird in-between space that was my house as it is right now empty and freshly painted you know and so the next morning I woke up and what I usually do when I have these experiences is I will talk to a couple I will talk it over with a couple of my friends and then I'll usually grab my cards and be like what was this you know like what what did I just experience so from what I've been able to tell that was me astral traveling, like whatever language, whatever terminology you want to use, I I missed my life and I missed my house and I traveled back to it. I I went there in my sleep. And I, I feel like I interacted with someone, I can't remember that one right now, but like that that was the core of the moment that I I didn't want to be here. I didn't want to be in this house. I wanted my space. I wanted my freedom. So I went back to the last place that I had it, which was my house in Florida. And um, I started talking about it. And Jordan, uh, Jordan Heath and I have been talking a lot recently about different ghost theories and what a haunting even is. And that led me to the most fascinating question to me, which is, if another person had been there, would they have been able to feel me there? Because you know how they say that like when you move things around in a house or when there's renovations, it stirs the spirits up. My mm-hmm. my walls got painted and I was sad about it. Me, a living human. Which just makes me wonder about so much about hauntings in general. I have a million and one different haunting theories. But in this particular instance... I am dying to know if somebody else had been there, 
would they have been able to sense me? Would they have been able to feel the grief that I felt in knowing that I have to give up my home, that like this house, I know, I know why I don't live there. I know why I can't move back there, but this is still my home and I'm still sad about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. I have, uh, I have dreams all the time about uh, my last childhood home and my ex-mother-in-law's home, which I lived in for a period of time. And I don't know if anybody, I mean, I know somebody's living in my old childhood home, but I know that my mother-in-law still lives in her home. Mm-hmm. And she has some of my... Um, letters and poems and writings stored away in her attic. She never gave them back. Mm -hmm. So that's a piece of you in her attic. Uh Uh-huh. A a heartfelt piece of you. Yeah. 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 Her house was already haunted. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can't help but think, is there a part of me, you know, my 20-something-year-old self, Floating around up in that attic, around that box. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. if anybody could see me. It could could somebody see? If I, if I walked into my house, if I wasn't me, and I walked into my house, would I be able to feel that that piece of me, that part of me that still exists there? That's that's the question. And that that's what makes everything that what, that we do so interesting, whether it's like, you know, I write about it in a fictional sense now, but like it's it's that kind of curiosity for the way that the world works and to say, what if, what if you're still in your mother-in-law's attic? What if 20-year-old you is still really upset that you didn't get your poems back? What if the me that went through everything that I did in Florida is still there and still being like, I'm here. What do you mean? I live here. Yeah. This is my house. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it's kind of like it, it. It's like the living version of the movie The Others. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And and if that's the case, whoa. I know that has a lot of implications. It's it it's wild to me. Well, and I started noticing when when I got to my parents' house and I didn't have the constant influx that I had when I was in Florida. I started to notice that the spirits that seek me out more often than not are women who have seen some shit or children yeah. sometimes, right? It's, I don't, yeah. every once in a while I get a man, but most of the time I get women who want to tell me what happened to them. And I started thinking about it because sometimes they're able to tell me all about their life. And they'll tell me what their childhood was like. And they'll tell me beyond the moment of pain but I also have spoken to several spirits who seemed to only exist in their pain. Like when I'd ask about their childhood, it was like, like, like a fuzzy radio where it's like the coming in and out and then they loop around and they repeat the same message of 
this is what happened to me. This is what I'm feeling. I'm upset about this. And in the past, I didn't necessarily disregard, but I didn't have a lot of experience with spirits who were like splintered or like really the the idea, the concept, the theory that a piece of your soul is stuck in that moment of pain. And it's not that you're unable to move on. It's just that you don't know that you're not in that moment anymore. So like mm-hmm. you in your in your former in-laws attic, it, it reasonably could be a piece of you. And maybe the reason why these spirits can't give more than that moment is because that's all that matters. That's all that's real to them is that the rest of them has moved on. And for whatever reason, it's just this piece, the sliver of their life that impacted them so much that a piece of them is still reliving it, which sounds terrible and kind of sad, but that's why people like us exist (laughs) to say, Mm -hmm. Okay, what about that then? <laughs> let's let's see if we can release that. That's not good. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's a thing that I learned in shamanic training was uh, soul retrieval. Yeah. Is yeah. that when traumas happen, sometimes a bit of the soul just is like, I can't deal. Breaks off. I'm out of here. Yep. Yep. Like a defense <laughs> but mechanism. But what happens is that it gets stuck. Mm-hmm. And then people you know, wander around with pieces of themselves. Yes. Hither and yon. Exactly. And that's, that can't be good. It can't be good. It can't be good. I, I like to reference Voldemort from Harry Potter with that, with the Horcruxes, because he did that on purpose. So that is, that is a distinction. He did that to himself. And these cases are not like, nobody is like, cool. (laughs) I'm going to do this. Sounds fun. (laughs) You know what sounds great? Haunting my house in Florida forever. (laughs) Uh, oh yeah yeah it it is it's just it's interesting to me like what what does make a ghost and there i'm sure that there's times in the past that i've been like i'm pretty sure this is what a ghost is and now i'm like i don't know it could be so many different things it could be so many different things and it could be different things all at once just to make it more confusing (laughs) yeah i i i completely agree we should we should do another episode just about ghosts i agree and what we think they are it would be fun that's just, it's such a can of worms. And, it is, yeah. It's a... Uh, it, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's a can of worms. And there's just, there's so many theories. And I, I will say I am a skeptical believer. So I, I tend to believe things that I've experienced. And so mm-hmm. like I had already been like noticing this pattern of like, you know what? I'm, I don't get people's loved ones who have passed on and been like, hey, can you tell so-and-so that I really love them and I miss them? No, I don't get ghosts like that. And I had already been like in the process of being like, why is that? What is it about me that I'm like, like what frequency do I shine on? That's like, hey, ghost, tell me your most fucked up stories because I want to hear them. I do, to be fair. (laughs) But, you know, it's like, I don't know. If I hadn't already been thinking about those things, when I had that dream of my house in Florida, would I have entertained the idea that I had actually been in my house in Florida? Or would I just have logically assumed that I was homesick 
and I didn't like my situation, so I'm dreaming about it. You know what I mean? It's like it's yeah. it's those small differentiations in thought that like it doesn't mean that both are not true because I I was unhappy. I didn't want to be here, but that doesn't mean that I wasn't actually there either. Yeah, and that's the wild part to me. <laughs> yeah, and I will give cor- corroborating uh, testimony that I certainly don't want to be in my right? ex-mother-in-law's attic right? at all. No, thank that's you. that's the place I always dream about. Yep. I mean, I dream about the rest of the house too, but the attic is But the attic the part specifically. That, the yeah. attic is where you have the tie to your belongings still in the attic. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> exactly, it does. But, you know, I didn't want to go there. Mm-hmm. So it may be that, you know, sometimes we just go where we want or go where we were left yep yeah it, i i think it can be both like i i will say that i have i do not know how to travel places on purpose i've been trying to experiment with it because like i'm like well i'm doing this more and more i might as well figure out how it works i have no clue i have no clue <laughs> but it, it, it has been interesting once you were, if, if you're willing to open your mind to the possibility that some of these things could be real and to just kind of track, like it doesn't even have to be like, well, tonight I'm going to go to sleep and I'm going to go to Bermuda or whatever. Like that sounds fantastic. First of all, I love a beach, but it, for me, it's almost more like, huh, this thing keeps happening. I should make note of it and see if there's a pattern here and see yeah see see where it leads me (laughs) (laughs) and my case i would never go to bermuda because i'd get stuck there because you know the triangle triangle, you know that'd be my love you know (laughs) i just watched the it's like my compass is spinning i can't get home i I don't i I watched the adams family yesterday so it was on my mind (laughs) where wednesday was like nobody gets out of the bermuda triangle But yeah, that's um, that is that that is me and hauntings in a nutshell. That's um, I believe a lot of different things are possible. I think that more things about hauntings are true than I am aware of, than I know, than I probably will ever know. And I think that that's true for most things, and I'm okay with that. I like I like the unknown. I like exploring. I like, I, I like theorizing and trying to figure out what could be real, even if I'm a skeptical asshole for half of it. <laughs> oh, I, you know, my, when I'm experiencing something, I am skeptical as I'll yes. get out. I yeah. sit there, you know, there's a like, light in the no. sky and it's doing weird crap. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it going, uh, is that a plane? Is it what no? Are you? There's not any FAA <laughs> lights. Okay. Is it no? There's no strobe. Oh, it's changing colors and it's doing a right angle turn. Well, it's definitely not a plane. Okay. <laughs> you know, is it a drone? Because now we have to worry about drones. Right. Oh, yes. But they have to have a specific light as well. So I'm like, what is it? There's no noise. You know, so I sit there and I run through all of these different things. And but when people tell me stories, I don't do that. I because yeah, I'm like no, I'm the same way. No, these these people have experienced something, and you know, 
I I believe if they're going to talk about it yep. in front of people that they've experienced it. In the same way. Because yeah. what what benefit do you have from talking about these things? Like even, like I have stories that make me I, I literally just told you that I dream traveled to my house in Florida, right? But like I have wilder stories than that and like if I'm willing to say that it's because I I understand that it happened to me and I feel like other people deserve that same respect where like I might not understand what happened to you, but I will always try my best to be open-minded and to listen to your experience because was it actual paranormal? Was it not? I don't know, but it happened to you and that makes it real. (laughs) Yeah. And that, that's the thing. If you, mm -hmm. if, if you experienced it and it's real to you, then it it is real. It's not fake. It's not, you know, like, it, is there a, a muggle interpretation? Maybe. Sometimes there is. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it wasn't a real event that you experienced. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I I am so the same way because I, I truly see no benefit in people just making up stories right like that well especially you know, in the paranormal if you're gonna field. do it write it down and get money for it i mean right yeah <laughs> like i have yet to be able to transform any of my like actual encounters onto paper because i'm so obsessed with getting all the details right and i'm like well, who 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 would who would subject themselves to this this is terrible <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is absolutely terrible but yeah, and especially if you look at alien abductions or or hauntings or possessions, which I'm a little bit on the fence about if I'm being perfectly honest, there are so many cases that involve the strange and unusual that automatically get cast with such suspicion and doubt that like, why would anyone get up here and be like, this thing happened to me? Let me tell you all about it because you sound crazy. (laughs) And do you really want to sound crazy? Right. Publicly. You know, like. Yeah. I. Yeah. It's. If it's like a clear money grab, then I'm a little bit wary. But most people aren't trying to do that. And most people are terrified when they're telling you about what they've experienced some like they'll they'll be telling you stories and they'll start shaking or really reliving it and choke up yeah can't speak exactly yeah every everyone Mm -hmm. I've talked about who's had those intense experiences there is the truth right there in their voice and on the on their faces yeah and even though I don't post the video I'm still looking at them exactly while we're talking yep and they're not they're not they're not bullshitting yep. they're telling the truth yeah as they understand it as they experience as it. they understand it as they experience it which makes it real and that's another thing yeah. that I like to explore but maybe not everybody does that technically that is the fabric of reality is because you experienced it that means it is real it's your reality <laughs> Yeah, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> is it everyone's? Well, yeah. Maybe not, but it's it's yours. It's yours. That is your experience, and we are honored to be the people that get to hear those experiences and whatever we do with them. Um, I again, I haven't done any of these readings for quite some time, but if I have had someone 
ask me for a paranormal reading. I will I will share the reading without sharing any details. And so basically, yeah. I will say I was asked to do this. This is what I've learned, but without giving any de- details about the person or too much about the case itself, because to me, that moment is private. And I even have people be like, no, no, you can share all the details. You can give all of this. And sometimes I share more on those ones if I'm like really sure, but it's like, you know, it's it it's an honor to hear any of these stories. Like I, mm-hmm. I I miss being in the position where I heard more of them and I got to interact more with them. But the ones that I've been able to hear and the ones that I've been able to share have done so much for me and in opening my mind up. So like Mm-hmm. Even if you want to look at the paranormal in that sense that like, okay, you don't believe in ghosts, but what did you learn from the situation? Or if this isn't paranormal, like what did you think when you were feeling those feelings? You know, I just, I think that there's so much to be learned by studying people's experiences, period. Whether it's mm-hmm. supernatural, whether it's not supernatural. And being one of those people that gets to hear this crazy thing happened to me, what do you think about it, is one of my favorite things that I don't get to do as often anymore, but I really appreciate it when I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it fascinates me um, in, in a lot of ways. It makes me feel uh, hopeful in a way about reality mm-hmm. that, you know, the reality I've been living in since I was a kid is not so crazy after all. There are other people moving through that reality. Right. You know, they may not be moving through right at the exact place I I was at Mm -hmm. and am at, but they're in there. Yep. And every person I hear from who, you know, then stabilizes their, you know, after telling their story, I feel like just listening yep was helpful to them and was healing to them and that means a lot to me to be able yes. to say you know what you're not crazy yeah yeah at all it it is it's a, it's an important moment to be like yeah thank you because yeah. when when you see the relief that they have it's just it's really nice and i i'm not always able to provide answers I'm always honest about it if I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, I'm not always able to provide the answers, but what I am able to do is to sit and listen and at least just hold space for the thing that you experienced. And you know, there's definitely times when I haven't really had much to say or like besides like whoa. <laughs> I can't believe that just happened, you know, but Yeah. It still is, it, it's it's a really cool part of being in this community is knowing that people trust you enough to come to you with these bizarre stories and say, this happened to me and know that you're not going to turn away and you're not going to tell them that they're imagining it or that they're crazy because they've probably been hearing that their whole lives anyways. And the fact that they've approached you means that they've already thought, maybe not every time, but a lot of the time people have already thought about like, what are they going to think about me if I bring ghosts up right now? 
what are they going to think about me if I say I'm pretty sure my house is haunted or, you know, things like that. So just being someone that people feel comfortable coming to and saying I experienced something heavy, whether it's real life trauma or something supernatural and just listening is Mm -hmm. it. It, it's big for me and a lot of that translates into my writing now but at at my core what I love doing is exactly this it's talking ghosts it's theorizing it's helping people understand their experiences in a new light if I can and if I can't then that's okay too but I like exploring people's memories with them and saying you know, well, how, how did that feel? I mean, that's like a a normal Mm -hmm. therapist question, but like, you know, exploring it with cards or with the metaphysical or taking those moments and turning them into a story like I did with my life where it's like, this isn't me anymore, but it's, it's all, as Jordan likes to say, fingers on the same hand. It's, it's exploration Mm -hmm. into the unknown. I'm just using different tools than I used to. And it's, it's an adjustment, but I love it. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. That's the best part of having a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love being able to say to people, no, no, this this is real yep. and it's okay. Yep. And you will be okay. You will be okay. It's going to be hard, but you're going to be okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I just... I just feel like it's it's an important thing to do. So yeah, here we are. Here we are doing it. <laughs> yes, doing the thing. As we say in, in our family, doing the thing, doing it right, not fucking it up. And it works. It just works. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. Doing the thing, doing it right, and it just works. I'm going to use that now. <laughs> My favorite thing to say is, um, <laughs> well, I... I say, feel the fear and do it anyways. That's what I... <laughs> that's what well, that, and that's what bravery exactly. is. Exactly. It's feel... You know what? You could be as scared as you want and you still do the fucking thing and way to go. Even if it didn't work, you did it. So you yeah, win. <laughs> you did it even though you were scared. You did it that's even though you were exactly scared. That's exactly it. Yep. Yeah. And that's that's the way to be. That's the way to be. Yeah. Well. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes. I was looking forward to this. This is great. This was wonderful. Thank you so much for talking to me. This has been a lot of fun. <laughs> it has been fun. And you're welcome back anytime. I'd really love to talk ghost theory with you. Oh, yeah. I love that. And yeah. 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 That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. That would be super cool. I would love that. So yeah. thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, that's all for this week's episode of the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. If you have any questions or thoughts about the podcast or would like to come and talk about your experiences of the paranormal, you can contact us at 6djk67 at gmail.com. We promise to even answer you, and we are always happy to hear from you. Thank you. (laughs) 